Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Christianity, if it doesn't have miracles and power in it, then it's just a philosophy. Jesus didn't come with a philosophy. Jesus came with power. Amen. He came with power to make change happen for people who wanted it. Amen. And I'm not into philosophy. I remember when they had the class, and I saw the class uh, when I was in, uh, I think I was a freshman or a sophomore at Tennessee State University. I saw, uh, I walked in the classroom with philosophy, and then they had God and a big question mark. I said, I will not be paying my money to take this class. Amen. Because I don't need anybody trying to question God in my behalf. I don't even want to hit a discussion. Amen. So I never took that class. No, Christianity is not a philosophy. The Bible says the gospel is the power of God. Amen. I'm going to say that either the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, which means salvation can't happen unless there's power to make it happen. Salvation cannot happen unless there's power to make it happen. Amen. What is salvation? Salvation is God's plan to deliver you from and me from the control of darkness and Satan. When salvation really works in your life, it looks like the devil never touched your life. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, I I was manifested to destroy the works of the devil, to make sure his works do not have an impact on how you live every day. Amen. Amen. And then to manifest the salvation, he brought what he preached, the kingdom of heaven. I'm bringing what heaven is like to the earth so you can be saved, which means trouble can be going on all around you, but you can be experiencing divine intervention of God's miraculous power. David said it like this, a thousand can fall over here. Amen. And 10,000 over here, but it shall not come nigh me. Amen. God's salvation power is so great. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. You're not a victim to it. You got victory over it. Praise God. And that's the kingdom of heaven. And if you want to experience that, He said, all you got to do is two things. Amen. Praise God. And it's very simple. I love it because God keeps it simple. And it's over here in Mark chapter 3 in verse 15. And the Bible said, uh, (laughs) we go over here and uh, we can read 14 and 15. Now, after John was put into prison, John the Baptist, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel. We just said the gospel is a power. Jesus came with a conversation about power. It's going, <laughs> I preached a message one time, it takes power to live this life. Sometimes people can't even get up in the morning. They don't even have enough strength to roll out of bed, and nothing's wrong with them physically. They just beat down in the head. If it's, if it's in your head, then you live in it. Because the Bible said, as a man thinketh, so is he. Amen. Whatever you're thinking about, that's who you are. And I'm going to help you with that in a minute because Jesus came to change the way you think. Amen. Amen. Thinking is everything. 
how you think about you, that's who you are. If you think you can't, then you can't. If you think you won't, then you won't. If you don't believe you can attain to it, then you won't. But if you let Jesus change your thinking, you'll begin to say, I can do all things. Come on now, there's a reason why I can. I didn't just say I can do all things. I can do all things because somebody is giving me strength to get it done. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. Praise God. I don't care if it, I don't care if it's a, and listen, the things he's going to strengthen you to do is not something you can do yourself. God never gives you something to do that you can do without him. He gives you something too wide, you can't get your arms around it. He gives you something too high, you can't reach up and grab it. But he'll cause his arms to surround you. He'll cause you to reach up to heights you couldn't reach. I can do all things because Christ is giving me the strength to do it. So he says this right here, the gospel is the power. I came to, I came, Jesus came to have a conversation about power. That's what he came about, power. He says, Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of speech. It's not a philosophy. Philosophy is a discussion about ways that we could possibly live for success and happiness in this life. He said, I didn't come to philosophize a way about life and talk about Plato and Aristotle. I didn't come and talk about all that. I brought power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to demonstrate to you you can live healed on this planet. I'm going to demonstrate that you can live a demon-free life. I'm going to demonstrate that you can be blessed in this life. I came for demonstration. And if Christianity doesn't have any demonstration, we become a philosophy. And when we become a philosophy, it's no point in gathering. You're wasting your time getting dressed in the morning. You're wasting your time waking your kids up, putting clothes on them. You are wasting your time because you have missed what Jesus came to bring. He said, I came with preaching the gospel. It is the power of God. Hold it. Look over here in Romans chapter 8. Come on, you got your place right there? Come on, let's go over here to Romans chapter, chapter 1. And um, verse 16. Paul got it. He figured it out. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's what he said. I'm not ashamed of it. I didn't bring, I didn't bring you a religion. I didn't bring you Christianity. That's a religion. God didn't bring any religions. He brought his sons. He brought a son to this planet. He didn't bring a denomination. He brought somebody out of his family to this planet. So when you tell somebody, I'm this or I'm that, what you just said, you just joined a philosophy. No denomination is mentioned in the Bible. It's just sons and daughters. Amen. Amen. When your children were born, they didn't say you had a Baptist. Amen. They didn't say, boy, this was going to be hot. You got a Pentecostal here. 
This one's going to be rolling everywhere. I wish people would read their Bibles and stop listening to folks. You just need to read your Bible. And you just let your Bible happen to you. Don't let, don't let somebody happen to you. Let your Bible happen to you. Let Jesus happen to you. Amen. Let Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John happen to you. That's what you do. You don't let religion happen to you. Don't let somebody standing up behind a podium happen to you. They're not opening this book and going right through it. You shouldn't show up anywhere. You shouldn't show up anywhere in life that the Holy Spirit didn't lead you. That's the way to get duped. You move to a steeple instead of being moved to by the Holy Ghost. Look what he says right here. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power. God wants to use his power. Listen, my life and your life is going to take God's power to get it right. Don't think something else is going to get it done. It's going to take his power. Thank God for all the help systems out there. Amen. Thank God for all the help systems. Thank God for the financial systems out there. Thank God for the medical systems that are out there. Thank God for the educational systems that are out there. But none of them are going to fix your life. The only thing that's going to fix you is what made you. Amen. Praise God. And it's the power of God. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for unto salvation to everyone, which means God wants his power working in everybody's life. God wants his power. Matter of fact, if it's not working in your life, then things are not working. I want, he said, I want my power working in your family. You better get it working in your family. Because the devil go to houses to tear them up. And if he's the stronger man, then he wins in your house. He wins in your house. Right where you live at. Yeah, I'm teaching real good right now. The Bible said, except the Lord build a house. Come on now. There are no exceptions. Except the Lord build the house with his power, they're going to fail. Somehow, somewhere, and some there, something's going to get towed up. I don't come to church because I'm the pastor. I come to church because I got a house. I just happen to be the pastor. I come to church because I got a house. And the house can't be built without God. Those two people can't make it in there without God. The devil going to find some kind of way to tear that house up. Say amen to that. Y'all live in houses, don't you? Everybody came out of a house somewhere, didn't you? Say amen to that then. You know I'm telling the truth. Things can get crazy in a house. Y'all ain't saying amen in here. You must want to say, oh me, I live in a house. <laughs> No, he can tear it up. It takes power to live in there. It takes power to raise children. Say amen to that. Then you must not even raise no children before. Then if you, the child, didn't say amen, because it took some power to raise you. He said, is the power of God to everyone that believeth. So God's power only works for the No, it says it don't work for everybody. It didn't say the power worked for everybody. It said it worked for the believer. 
everyone that believeth. So to keep the power working, you got to keep your what working? And the just shall live by believing. Amen. The just shall live by believing. I get up every day. I'm believing I'm supposed to be here. I believe that's my wife. Amen. Praise God. Not somebody else. Amen. Well, so when you're believing, because believing produces actions. Yes, it is. I had to realize your believer tells me what you're going to do next. If you don't believe the word, then you're going to do something else. Yes, you are. If you don't believe God's word, you're going to do something else because you believe something else. You believe one of them philosophies that's out there working. You believe you're supposed to sow your wild oats. You believe you're supposed to be with anybody anytime you get ready. You believe that's just normal. No, it ain't. That's demonic. The Bible said marriage is honorable and the marriage bed undefiled. So you just can't put anybody in there you want to get in there with. Amen. You may have to mortify some flesh before you get out of here. Say amen to y'all. Got real quiet in here. <laughs> you got real quiet in the Caleb looking at me. Help me get this over with. Get this one over with. No, but you, see, I'm after I'm after real church. Yes, I am. Upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell don't prevail against it. I believe that. But I believe you got to do what God said, too, to get what he said. This works for the believer. Go back over here to Mark. Go over here to Mark. Praise God. There's two things you got to do. I preached this before, but I'm going to preach it again. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is here. We can say the kingdom of heaven is here. They're both synonymous. That heaven is invaded this planet because the ways of heaven were not dominant in the earth and the only and listen you were created to live in a heavenly atmosphere yes you were you were not created to live in places that are shortages live in places where there's fear insecurities you were not created for that you were not created for worry and stress it'll kill you it'll destroy your immune system and eventually diseases will be able to overtake your body because you will have no resistance against it you were created to live in the kingdom of God. And, and Paul said the kingdom of God is righteousness. What is righteousness? Doing things God's way. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's supposed to be your atmosphere. I'm going to say that again. Righteousness, peace that passes all understanding, even though they're saying everything's going on out there, you're still supposed to have peace in the midst of confusion. And he said, I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me because he cared for me. Righteousness, peace, and joy. You're supposed to be happy. You ain't supposed to go around depressed. You're not supposed to have something weighing you down. Some of y'all look like weights on you this morning. Praise is supposed to be a natural response when you hear God being praised, 
You're supposed to say, who doing that? What if you're supposed to be jumping into that? Karina, you did awesome this morning, singing, you are great. You do miracles so great. Why? We got to have miracles because without intervention, we are philosophy. You should have been singing that this morning. You do miracles. You should have been worshiping him so that your life is supernatural this week. You should have been worshiping so your life is supernatural this week. The Bible said the Satan come up, the, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Don't be a target this week saying you are great. You do miracles. It takes miracles to live this life. It takes divine intervention. And without it, we're just a religion. We're just a philosophy. I didn't get in this to be a philosophy. If God is not going to do nothing, maybe I shouldn't either. Matter of fact, if he doesn't, what does it matter that you try to do something? It doesn't matter. Failure is imminent. But he didn't want us to fail, so he came. He said, I'm bringing, Jesus came and said, the kingdom of heaven is here. I'm bringing the atmosphere of heaven so that you can live the abundant life. I come that you might have. Now, he is coming to kill, steal, and destroy, but I come with some abundance. I came with something greater than his stealing. I came with something greater than his killing. And I came with something greater than his destruction. You can have life and you can have it more abundantly. Everybody else can be failing, but you're going to have righteousness. Peace. I'm sleeping tonight. I don't care who is up. He giveth his beloved rest. You can cast all your care upon him because he careth for you. It's something wrong when you don't have peace. It's something wrong when you don't have joy. Let me back up off you a minute because some of you still got that concrete face on. You done had all week long. Just been weak, been hard. You look like a mosque. You know them things that, is that what they call it? The mo- the head, what's them head things called? What's them things? You really got your little head piece up. It don't smile or nothing. What they call it? No, no. I'm talking about the statue head. I'm talking about the statue head. The concrete head you be sitting up there. They don't put nothing but the head on the shelf and it's just that. <laughs> They could have they could have made one of your heads smiling. Engraved forever. <laughs> that means he had more days of trouble than he had joy. <laughs> he had more days of trouble. You're not supposed to have more days of trouble. You must have days of joy. But the Bible said, "This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice." And be glad in it. I know trouble is out there, praise God. But my house is built on the rock. And what did, what did the book of James say? Even if I'm going through something, I'm supposed to count it what? I mean, if you want to get through this thing, if you want to get through this thing, unscathed, unscarred, praise God. You need to praise your way through this thing. Because the Bible said when praises go up, Come on now. I'm going to remain. I'm, when praises go up, it means I'm communicating with heaven. 
And then when pray, when blessings come down, heaven is communicating with me. The Bible said the devil wants to take your praise to put you in shackles. But the psalmist said, if you get rid of my shackles, I will praise your name. And I will bless the Lord at all times. David said, I'm going to bless him in the morning. I'm going to bless him in the evening. I'm going to bless him at night. But you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, been made kings and priests to the most high God. You're supposed to be blessing the Lord at all times. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why? Because we got, we got structured praise in here for you. Some of y'all missed the praise session. Karina here didn't know, you are great. You all see, can you sense what that does with God? The Bible said he inhabits. I'm trying to help y'all this morning. That's why the devil wants you quiet. No praise, nothing. Because if you're quiet, then the trouble will sit on you. Trouble will sit on you. What you, what you got to do on your job this week. Some bill will sit on you. You be thinking about your stimulus money going to run out. Some trouble on you. You know they don't like you on the job. What? <laughs> He'll set something on you. He wants to be a joy taker. Jesus said, I'm giving you a joy that the world can't take away from me. People can walk out of your life. I still got joy. <laughs> I still got it. Yes, I do. He said, I'm giving you a joy that no man inspired by darkness can take it away from you. So whatever you're doing, I still got joy. Come on now. And the Bible said, the joy of the Lord is your Come on now. Come on now. You can't let it turn loose of your joy. You got to count it all joy. I'm going to praise you while the problem's in front of me. I'm going to praise you with the bad doctor's report. I'm going to praise you no matter what my kids are doing. I'm going to praise you. I know they laying off at the plant, but the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. I'm trying to help your praise today. I remember I was waiting for a breakthrough. We were in the middle of a construction project, and I needed a financial breakthrough. Have you ever needed a breakthrough? Some of y'all just won praise from a break. <laughs> praise God. You just have to get yours all by yourself. You just get yours all by yourself. Hallelujah. Yes, it did. I needed a breakthrough, and they was up worshiping. I said, I'm going to show out in here. That's what I said. I, I just say, I'm going to show out in here. I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to flat out show out. 
See, I don't care nothing about what you think. I don't care how casual you are. <laughs> I just went off. It wasn't even our church. I just went off. I got out of the meeting, the phone rang. They <laughs> said, Mr. Rogan, we just want to let you know that we're releasing your funds so you can go ahead with your project. Yeah. 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 Won't he do it? Yeah. <laughs> When I say, won't he do it, I know what I'm talking about. Some people say, won't he do it? Who, who, who are they talking about? They won't know who we're talking about. Who are you talking about? Won't he do it? <laughs> it's two things you got to do. <laughs> go back over here to, to Mark chapter 3, verse 15. Yeah, we ready to go out there on that Dickerson Road? Yes, we are. See, you ought to praise God because we weren't supposed to even be out there. See, he's going to take you somewhere you couldn't take yourself. I thought the project cost 800, $850,000. See, I almost took off running. See, I got to preach to y'all so I can't praise him like I want to because I almost took off running. Amen. If I took off running... Unless Caleb got this message that I'm going to preach, y'all wouldn't have had nobody to give it to you. I'd have just been gone, me and Jesus. But it's going to cost. It's going to cost about 1.5, 1.6. So how do you go from point A to point B. Amen. You just believe the plan. All the money we need will come. All, all the, all the, <laughs> I'm trying to miss. <laughs> Some of y'all going to make me drag y'all into the kingdom. Some of y'all going to make me drag y'all into the praise. Listen, let me help you. God is not going to use you until you learn how to praise him. My Bible said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Some of y'all ain't had a good praise break all, all 2021. Corona stops you from praising him. The election stopped you from praising him. Some of you have been depressed. And it's because you will not do your part. Who said that? What did you just say? Because they don't believe it. If you believe the Bible to say let everything that have breath, then you would have come in here Come on now. The Bible said, I will entertain his courts with praise and, and be thankful unto him. You ain't supposed to walk in here quiet. And just take a seat and start looking. Who's here? Where's everybody at today? Why does that matter? It don't matter to me. If Jesus shows up, I'm satisfied. That's who I'm looking for. Because he said, I will praise the Father in your midst. Amen. 
The two things you got to do, since I keep going over the same passage, you got to repent and you got to believe. That's his message. Jesus didn't preach him. He preached what we had to do to be like him. I'm going to say that again. Jesus didn't preach him. Mark chapter 15, Mark chapter, chapter 1, verse 15, that's Mark 3, Mark chapter 1. That's a good one too, though. We could have preached that. And he gave them power to heal sickness and cast out devils. That's power. That's a good scripture. We could, have, we could use that too. Amen. He gave it to them. I got to give you something to handle sickness and to handle demons. And it's called the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. But he said, if you want to participate in this, he said, the kingdom's here. The problem with most people, and I'm not talking about the world, because they don't even own a Bible. I'm talking about the people that say they know God. A great majority of them are wordless, praiseless, and prayerless people. Somebody came to me and says, uh, you preach healing at this church. He said, it's the only problem I got. I love this church. Only problem I got, you preach God heal everybody all the time. Well, that's what the Bible preaches. You want me to preach your experience or you want me to preach the Bible? No, we had somebody, we prayed for them and they didn't live. What's that got to do with me? It's a lot of people say stuff don't happen. But what I found out, it ain't on God's side. See, I studied long enough to find out it ain't on God's side. Sometimes it's something you don't know. That's innocent losing. You ignorant of what the Bible says. So if you're ignorant, then how can you believe? Most people, when they're in a fight like that, when it's life, they believe for a little while, then they get a doctor's report, they see some symptoms, and then they stop believing. Then the best of them will turn around and get back on their faith a few minutes later, an hour later. Oh, no, let me turn my faith back on. And then they'll just have this. If you graph, if you had a graph of their faith, if you just graph their faith. See, the Bible said with the heart, man believeth. You can't see their heart, but God can. So when you tell me it didn't work, I don't throw my Bible away. I don't say, God, what happened? I look at you and say, how you living? Sometimes it's just you don't know. You don't know how to, praise God, I love to hear myself preach. Praise God, Hallelujah. Come on now, I got my time talking back to myself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sometimes people don't know how to stand in a fight. They don't know how to stand in a fight. You don't know how to stand in a fight, you'll find yourself standing in the graveyard after you done prayed. It's something you're missing. 
you don't know how to have the faith in the midst of a trial. And it has to be taught. It has to be taught. You have to be taught how to fight the good fight of faith. The Bible says in James chapter 1, count it all joy when you go through diverse, different kinds of trials. There's different kinds of trials. And you have to be the believer that knows that God has got his back. He's like Jesus. He goes to sleep in the middle of the storm while the disciples are screaming. Why is one sleeping and another one screaming? They believe in, in two different outcomes. One, one sees the boat going to the other side. The other one sees the boat going to the bottom of the sea with them in it. How do you see yourself this morning? Come on now, do you see yourself in victory? Do you see your, do you see your business going over the top? Because you got a word from the Lord. Amen. Do you see that you can be healed all the days of your life? Come on now. Do you see Corona getting on you or getting away from you? What you see is what you believe. With the heart man believer. What do you see 24-7 in your heart? Now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. I didn't ask you if you prayed. We prayed and it didn't happen. That's not how you get it done. You didn't tell me you believed. You told me you prayed. There's a lot of kind of prayer. And I'm not picking on nobody. I stood in the graveyard. And I walked out and said, God, this ain't your fault. Some I don't know. Because I was, I was honest with him, then he took me a place. He took me somewhere. And he said, this is the peace you're missing. See, your faith has to be perfected. The Bible says you got to add to your faith. It has to grow. Your faith has to constantly grow. So Pastor Nancy sent me down. She said, Keith, your church don't have the money to pay cash for your building. She said, you're going to have to go to the bank. See, sometimes your faith needs other people. There's no such thing as faith by yourself. You're the, fir you're the first one the devil going to get. She said, she said, you're going to have to go to the bank for this money. But she said, the people that are coming and the people that are there, Dr. Jacob said, will pay it off. Amen. So somebody got some money coming to them. No, I just believe what was told me. You see what I do? I believe what's to, oh, really? 
See, God told me 36 years ago that Dr. Jacobs was my pastor. I never changed it because I believed that was true. Beliefs determine how you live. So when Jesus came preaching, he said, if you want to have a successful tenure in the kingdom, you're going to have to change and you're going to have to believe. Now, if you do those two things, he said, if you want to be successful, it's a big Bible. I like the simplicity of the gospel. But he said, if you're going to be successful in this life, you're going to have to do two things. You're going to have to change the way you think, and you're going to have to change what you believe in. So change is inevitable. If you keep seeing yourself living the same way, then you're in disobedience to what he said. If we preach something and you say, I'm not going to do that, you are stiff-necked and obstinate and refractory. People get mad when we preach the gospel. Tell them this is, everybody like the blessing message, but we talk about the change message. Everybody love when we preach the gospel. But Jesus, the first word he preached was, you got to change. We in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. That is right there in big bold letters. R-E-P-E-N-T. And then he put ye behind it. So ye got to repent. Yes, ye do. <laughs> Me? I want to say, I'm cool like I am. No, you are not. Ask real people around you. Ain't nothing cool about you. Let me be honest with you. I love the English language. Repent ye. That's a full sentence. You repent. We have a subject and a verb. It's a real short sentence. I love English language. He made it real brief. You are the subject, and now you have an action. If people keep looking at you, and you the same, you think the same way, you talk the same way. Transformation is not taking place. I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Sometimes I can change for a little while. Then all of a sudden, pressure comes and I revert back. That's called the dog has returned to his vomit. That's in your Bible too. It ain't, it's not a good scene to watch your dog do something like that. That dog need a shot or something. Some kind of pill or something. Repent does not mean I'm sorry for the choices I'm making. And a lot of people have made this word, I'm sorry, God, please forgive me, and he will. 
but you have not repented. Yes, God has forgiven you, but you ain't changed yet. Because I have decided I'm going to keep doing this. And I'm going to keep receiving forgiveness. And he will keep forgiving you. I don't care how many times you mess up. But growth in the kingdom is not happening. Growth is not taking place. And this victorious life we preach, it's not happening. And then people want to wonder, well, what's wrong? No, we ain't done the first word yet. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's wonderful. It's here. It's here. I mean, hell, the kingdom of heaven is here. But that's not enough to get it to work. I would have loved him to move the period behind the gospel, move it up to the hand, and erase the rest of it. But we'd been having a party now. That's like when you get, that's like going to heaven. Because in heaven, you ain't got to believe nothing. In heaven, you won't have to repent. The Bible said when you stand before God, you will know even as you are, he knows you. You will know so well, you'll be changed. Changed. The Bible said in a moment of time, we'll be changed. So, so then guess what he's going to do at the end of all time? In a moment of time, we'll be changed, what? In a twinkling of an eye. So you're going to have to change either there or you can start the process here. The biggest job with people is getting them to change. The Bible said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Yes, it does. In Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ. Well, how much word do I got in me? Is it in me richly? You got to change to do that. You got to change something about how you use your time now. Whatever's in you richly, that's what you're doing. I'm just trying to help you this morning. He says, repent means to change the way you think about God, about his plan for your life. Change the way you think about heaven. Change. That's what it means. I want you to repent. You're going to change the way you think because the culture of heaven is here now. I just brought the culture of heaven here now. And to participate in it, you're going to have to change the way you think. Because you're going to have to believe what I said so that it'll work in your life. So when Pastor Nancy said, you are to say all the money we need is done. I believed it. And many of you believe with me. And so all the money that we needed, another 800000 it happened. Yes, it did. Praise God. Amen. Why? Because, because God wanted it to happen. We found out what his plan was. We made the adjustments and changed, and then we believed it. And it all came to pass. He said, believe the gospel. What does believing mean? That means whatever comes out of God's mouth, I'm believing it and I'm living it. Look over here in Matthew 4.4. 4. 
Matthew 4.4. 4. I'm just trying to teach you some this morning. Because every time an ailment or some sickness comes against your body, if you believe the healing power of God is going to work. Yes, it will. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to excel in life. He wants you to live a good life. But you're going to have to remember, i got to do these two things. Now, listen, we're going to preach a lot when you come to this church. Whatever God tells me to preach, I'm always going to have my Bible open, and I'm always going to preach out of the Bible. I will never tell you what I think. Why? Because repentance means that you are thinking the way God thinks. I've come to the place in and now, it doesn't matter. When people talk, I can tell you if they're talking the world, religion, or I can tell you if they believe God. Just listen. Because I've devoted my life to thinking like he thinks. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning. He says in Isaiah 55, he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. If a person begins to live in the thoughts and ways of God, you're going to receive a person that is practicing the image of Jesus Christ. He said, I don't, do, I don't say nothing unless the Father tells me to say it. And I don't do nothing until the Father tells me to do it. And the Bible said God's will is to conform us to the exact image of his son. Starting with me and with you, we need to understand his plan is to conform us to the image of his son, which means I can't keep being me and you can't keep being you. We have to do these two things with this word. We have to change with the word, and we have to believe the word. When I was a young man, I, I knew some things I was doing was wrong, and I read in the Bible. I said, God, I ain't doing that. I just told him I wasn't. I read it. I said, no, nope, nope. I ain't changing that. I like that. And don't y'all look at me like y'all been keeping it 100. No, you don't. Don't be looking at me like, oh, you know, no. Can't believe you did that. Then the Bible says the way of the transgress is hard. Hard is coming. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before hard hit. And when hard hit, I said, God, I can't handle hard. I said, oh, no, hard is, hard is too hard. Somebody need to soften hard up a little. I got on my knees and I said, Jesus, I am so sorry for the way I've lived my life. Because this ain't working. And guess what I did? I changed. I changed. He will not move into your life until you change. The moment I changed, he came, and I told him, I said, anybody don't want you, I'm done. 
friends, family, everything. It's just going to be you from here on out. You are a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And you lift up, bow down heads, and weeping may endure for a night, but Joe has shown up come in the morning. And he restored me. And I knew what peace was. Peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy. For the first time in my life, I was truly happy. Some people have things in their life you think they're going to make you happy, but they're not going to make you happy. It's just a matter of time that it shows up to be something empty, something vain. I don't care whether it's a house or a car or your boo or your bae. Joy comes from God alone. Even if you get married, he tells you, don't make your mate the joy. Rejoice with your mate because God is the center of your life. They sang a song, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. I don't care if you don't like my note. But he's the sin of my life. I love my wife and all of her braids and exotic braids and everything like that. She's a sweet person. I love all of that. But she's not my joy. They, I like that song. I get joy when I think about for me. Come on now. That's where your joy got to come from. And I was, in, I, I, was, I was like that, and I was single all by myself, and I had joy. God gave me friends and, that loved him, and I, was, I, I said, you know what? And she was around then. She was wondering why I was so joyful without her. And I told her, like the movie said, I can do bad all by myself. <laughs> Anyway, I'm moving right along now. <laughs> she wants the mic now. Praise God. She, she can know she can grab the mic right can I ain't going to say nothing. Anyway, then he came to me. After I, I changed, he said, Keith, you're going to be a pastor. Sometimes people never hear the voice of God. The reason why you don't hear the voice of God What's the point of hearing his voice when you won't change? What's the value of that? I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I ain't changing for nobody. That's what people say. I told him, whatever you want, whatever you want, that's what I'll do. You want to build a building? Let's go build it. You want to do this? Let's do that. I'll do whatever you ask me to do because that's the best way of living. That's my thought life now. Now, that's the pattern of thought in my head, whatever you want. And it produces a lifestyle change. You start doing things differently. You can go to church all you want to. You can listen to millions of messages. But until you do the first thing he said to do, you have to change the way you think. 
And the main thing I had to change is that I can produce a better life without your counsel, God. I don't have to do what this word said to do. I can, have a be- I can produce a good life. Stand back and watch. And it'll take years of your life to demonstrate to you that you're not better than God when it comes to blessing the life. And then I started in on believing the gospel. And he had to give me a good pastor because I wasn't hearing the gospel. I was hearing a philosophy. I'm saying I was hearing a philosophy because there was no power in the churches. I was hearing a philosophy. And then Dr. Jacobs, I came in one night, Church on the Rock, little video storefront church. He got up and preaching the power in the name of Jesus to pray. I said, God, I knew you was that big. I just needed to hear somebody say it. And my faith has been growing ever since. Matthew 4, 4 says, it is written. I looked at that today. He said, it is written. When God writes something down, he ain't going to change it. It is written. It's flat out written. Now I don't have an excuse for not knowing what he wants because he just wrote it down. He wrote it down how he wants me to treat my wife. It's written. Yes, it is. And he sure wrote it in bold letters how he wants her to treat me. I said, make them flash like fluorescence. Do a miracle. Make the Bible blink where it says, wives, honor your husband. Make that blink. I want her to see it. Yes and amen. But no, he says, man, both men, shall not live, which means he's saying, you, I guarantee that you will not live the blessed life ignoring what comes out of my mouth and listening to what comes out of everybody else's mouth because you can't move without words. There are no actions without words. So whatever you were doing is because somebody is talking. Somebody said that somebody put a big old sign up that says, don't go to church today. i never seen the sign, but it's a billboard. You seen it? Somebody took the child out to make a billboard. Said, sleep in this morning. That's what it said. I heard it. Lay on in there. Well, that's words. They're senseless words to me. Don't mean nothing to me. Now, if you ain't already got that laying in feeling, that ain't going to bother you. But if you on the fence post, You've been hearing some crazy stuff anyway. I ain't going down to that church. Give them my money. That sign might look good to you. Make sense to me? 
You just agreed with those words. You just believed those words, and you just changed. So wherever, especially an adult, child's one other thing. Whatever I end up with in this life, it was my choosing. Man shall not live, and he's not talking about existing. He's talking about what the quality of life God lives with. Bread alone, which means you can't have natural means. I do not come to church because I'm the pastor. I come here to get life. And I never preach messages. I never write out sermons. I talk about life and how we live. And I never preach to you something I'm not living. So I don't need notes because I'm living it. And I don't need to write down what I'm living because I'm living it. And I can tell you about it. In the morning, we grab the word. That's the first thing she does in the morning. She goes to the word. She tries to make me look bad. I mean, relentless. I'm glad I'm married to somebody like that. Now, if you married and you ain't a word person, don't get mad at me now because I got it good. Don't be hating on me because I got it like that. But I picked somebody that wanted the word 36 years ago. I didn't pick somebody that was pushing the Bible away. I didn't pick somebody that didn't want to go to the house of God. 36 years ago, if you didn't want Jesus, you could have been a brick house. 36, 24. 36, you was just numbers to me. That's all you were, was just numbers to me. That did not move me. Because the Bible said beauty is vain. That might be 45, 75 later on. I'm telling the truth in here. Some people pick too early. You need to let people get down the road a bit. See how they're going to eat. See how they're going to live. <laughs> Eating skins every day. I'm preaching better than hearing you saying amen. Sometimes people choose too early. You're choosing them teenage years. Everybody got good metabolism then. You got to let them get down the road a bit. No matter how you're living now. <laughs> yes, you do. Moving right along. Don't get mad at me because I'm telling the truth. You, when you are young, you need somebody to help you pick. Because you'll pick for the wrong thing. You see how that curls in his hair. That hair may not be there 30 years from now. It may not be a curl up there. And, that, and that's what you got into this for. <laughs> that's why you got into it. Okay. I wanted somebody that had the Holy Ghost. I wanted somebody that had some power. That was going to teach my children to love Jesus. Yeah. Us. Yeah. 
That's what I wanted. We used to sit at the Bible study. Me and the guys, we would sit there and we'd talk about, we would find our wife in the Bible, yep. Yep, yep, she's going to keep a good house. I like that, yes. She's going to teach the children. I found my wife in the Word. And then I would hold the Word up to them. And I'd see if she fit the Word. <laughs> Some of y'all, y'all didn't do that. Don't be mad at me. I ain't done nothing to you. <laughs> I just told Jesus I wanted what he wanted. And he helped me. Because I changed. If you change, you can have it good. Tell your neighbor, if you change, you can have it good. <laughs> I changed. <laughs> Man should not live by billboard signs on the side of the road. But by every word. Somebody say every word. You're going to have to get in this word and find out what God wants, and you're going to have to change. That proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Here's the good thing about God. If you made some mistakes and, you, and some years passed by, you missed it. Somebody said, I'm 64 years old. I made so many mistakes in life. I said, so? Because the Bible said God can restore the years. Come on now. God can restore years. He can make it like days of heaven on earth. He done wrote it down in the Bible. I know you flipped and flopped and stumbled and you made a lot of mistakes, but I'm here to restore the years that the locust and canker worm have eaten. It's going to look like you never lost a year. You never lost a month. You never lost a day. It's going to make it look like you have never lost. And God is about ready to reverse the curse. And it'll look like the devil never touched your life. So, if he's going to do all of that, I got to praise him. Come on now. If he's ready to fix what I couldn't fix and ready to straighten up what I couldn't straighten up, ready to make whole what I couldn't make whole. At least I can praise him. I can give him praise. I can give him honor. And I can give him glory. It looked like the devil had you in a corner. Looked like it was over with. Looked like it was midnight. But here comes Jesus walking on the water. Come on now. Here comes Jesus walking into your situation and turning it around. What that boy said, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around and around and around and around. You know why he kept saying, kept saying around and around? Because some of you have been turning the wrong way for so long. Now he's got to turn you around and around and around. I don't come to church because I'm the pastor. I come because he's a good God. And he's good all the time. 
Miss Norma, she put that out on her thing because I got in here and I prophesied one night. I said, God's going to promote you beyond your education. And she heard it. She believed it. See, your belief can take you somewhere. She told me, she said, I got tired of not being able to put in for a job because I didn't have these qualifications. She said, I will get to the place and I stop. See, the devil wants to get you to a place where you stop on your own progression. But God has already qualified you. Come on now. He's already qualified you for the next level. Brother Caleb said this morning, he said, you got, you got the next level coming. See, you should have took off running then. You just sat there. You didn't believe a word he said. He said, God got your name. I heard what he said. I started to take off running. But then y'all wouldn't have had nobody to preach. I got to curtail a lot of my praise here. I wish somebody else preached where I can do some running during the services. So I can do some running during the services. I like running. When I feel like, when I hear my name being called. I was at church one night and the preacher got up and said, somebody is getting, I was sitting where Bradford is back here on the back row because I come in late from Wednesday night service. And the preacher came in and said, somebody is getting ready to get promoted. Now, if they'd have said the first row was getting ready to be promoted, <laughs> they got here on time, I'd have just sat down. He didn't say that. He said, somebody in here is getting ready to go to the next level. Now that, they, ran, they ran on just the demonstration. I was, they just ran on the example. I, I was just rehearsing what happened to me. And they ran on that. But see, I found out if you see God doing it for somebody else. See, I found out. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because the Bible said God is not a respecter of person. But he is a respecter of faith. When you believe, you make him move. When you believe, you make the hand of God move. So, I learned how to come to church. Some of y'all, some of y'all got religion in you. They told you to sit and be still. That's how you go to church. You just sit still. I don't know how you do it. No wonder you don't want to go there. You had to be still for an hour. It's kind of like time out, ain't it? It's kind of like spiritual timeout. Ain't that timeout where you can sit and you can't move? Some of y'all act like we got your timeout. Timeout, let me tell you what timeout is. Timeout is means you, you got an infraction against you and you've been asked to sit and don't move. You cannot get up, you cannot move until a certain time is up. And then you can start functioning again. Some of y'all been to timeout churches. I can, I can tell it. You just sit, you don't move, you just sit down. You wait till the service, oh, thank Jesus. <laughs> Praise God, it's over with. I used to do that because when I was a little boy, I could tell when the service is over because the, the organist would go to the organ. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. 
I said, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> my, my deliverance draws now. <laughs> I used to say, I, I could time when it was time to leave. Because we was in timeout. The whole service. When I learned that you could praise God, that you could clap your hands to the Lord. When I know them praises, you can praise the Lord. When I, when I found out it was okay to dance in the church. See, some of y'all ain't read your Bible, but it's praise him with the dance. You ought to dance about what Jesus done for you. Some of you are getting uncomfortable. What are you going to do with him? We're going to do what the Bible said. Why is that so? We're going to do it. You ain't read 150? He said, let everything have left. Praise him with the day. Listen what he done from you. He lifted you out of a pit. You, was on, you were on your way to hell, and Jesus took the cross for you. He took them stripes, and he took your judgment, and he took your beating, and they hung him on the cross from the sixth to the ninth hour, and they lowered his body and put him in a borrowed tomb, and his spirit went into hell. It was for you. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. But with his stripes, I said with his stripes, you are healed. He's making a way for you. Oh! And when he got up, he got you up and seated you in heavenly places with him and gave you everything he owned. Gave you everything he owns. You're an heir of God and you're a joint heir with Jesus. And this ain't even let's make a deal. You ever seen that people holler on let's make a deal? What a typewriter. What a typewriter. When you win, it's something about winning. It's something about overcoming and vanquishing the opposition. Where you've won. The Bible said your faith is the victory. Your faith in Jesus Christ is your victory. When you can stay in your home and the devil don't tear up your house, that's victory. When you can live with health and healing in your body and you wake up in the morning and everybody's doing good in the house, that's a victory. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. When there's provision for you, that's victory. Amen. Praise God. And God's keeping you. That's victory. He deserves a praise. So I was sitting on the back row. And the pastor says, somebody is getting ready to get promoted in here. I, I, I lost all first cold church culture. I'll come up off the back row and stood in the seat. I stood up in the chair. That's not what you're supposed to do. But I had five kid, four kids and I needed a promotion. I needed a bigger house. and Come on now. And I needed a breakthrough. I got up in the chair and I said, Preacher, 
You talking to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I said, I don't know about the rest of them. David said, what was that? Joshua said, as for me and my house, I'm just making sure mine is praising God. I'm just making sure my house is praising God. Get them praise God, Pastor Seth. Lord, I'm as for me and my house. We're going to praise the Lord. He's kept us. He's made a way for us. I got I to go home. Caleb, get up and praise the Lord. Yeah, you praise the Lord. Now sit back down, sit back down. He used to be a police officer. He used to be a police officer. He come home and he said, uh, he said I was, I was, he worked in narcotics. So if you're in narcotics, he ain't no police officer no more if you're still in it. But anyway, I'm just letting you know if you're in there. Anyway, he's out of that now. I just said he used to be. And people would tell us, that's a dangerous Come tell you, that's a dangerous job. But see, I, I got a covenant with God. I said, no. I read in the Bible that said the police are not servants of God. I didn't say they did everything right. Because a preacher can be a servant of God and not do everything right. Now, whether he's a servant of God or not, that's, that's one thing. But it's definitely a servant. But what they do in service to God is their choice. You're a servant of God, too. And what you do in service to God is your choice. But he was, and he was a good officer. He, could, he didn't wrestle people to the ground. He'd just be real nice to you and say, you know what, they're going to have you out of there in no time. So you probably just bet off going on down there. They're just going to process you. You'll be out of there in no time. They turn around, put their hands behind their back, and he drive them on down there to jail. Because he's not that kind of person. He's a good officer, just a good person, what he is. Good people make good officers. Good people make good preachers. Just be, good, just be a person that's going to do things right. People tell us that's not safe. But no, I know the angels of the Lord. Encamp around about that. So I don't care what the challenge is. I got promises for every situation. But live by every word, so there was a word to keep him. So I took the keeping word, and you're going to do whatever you believe you're supposed to do, but I'm going to release you with the key. You are delivered from every evil work and preserved in his heaven and kept by the power of God. He'd come home and talk about how he was in, he'd trying to pull somebody on, and they slam into his car, and he chasing them, and then they throwing guns out and all kinds of stuff like that. Angel made him throw them guns out. Throw that gun out, boy. So, what does God deserve? What can you pay him back? Can you pay him for all his keeping? Can you pay him for all his mercy? Every time you fell down, he lifted you back up and 
Every time you needed forgiveness and he forgave you, yes, I will forgive you. And all of this, how do you pay him back for his kindness? <laughs> David said, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to offer up a praise. I'm going to offer up a praise to him. I mean, Saul been chasing me all over the nation of Israel trying to snuff out my life and God have delivered me from my enemies that were too strong for me. And so he came back into Israel and took his clothes off and he said these clothes are going to hinder the kind of praise I'm getting ready to do. It's going to be restricted to me. I want to be able to get my leg up and so I'm going to have to take these britches off and I'm going to have to stretch out so I got to take this coat off because all I can do for all of his marvels and all of his mercy and all of his miracle and he began to praise God with all of his might. He began to praise God with all his might. Some of y'all been brought out of some trials. Some of y'all been brought through some hard places and some of your head had been bowed down. Some of you wanted to quit. But David said, I love him because he lifted me out of my pit. Have you ever been in a pit before? But God brought you out of it. Have you ever been sick before, but he healed your body? Go ahead and sit back down. I'm done. Sometimes I'm some places, and I can open the door for myself. But sometimes people see me coming, they just open the door. I'm not talking about here, just anywhere I go sometimes. I always say, because they didn't have to. I always say thank you. The Bible said one of the biggest sins of the children of Israel, they became They start letting God get up in the morning. And the Bible said, in him we live and move. You didn't get up because your, your alarm clock went off or the sun came up. It's a lot of people didn't move under those same circumstances. But the Bible said he touched you. Yeah, it's a miracle. He touched you and you got up and you walked around the house. And the old saints and said and everybody was doing good. Come on now. You walked around the house and everybody was doing good. <laughs> Come on now. Something happened in your house. Something moving in your house. And they said it was food in the refrigerator and bread, and bread in the cabinet. Come on now. And there were clothes to put on, praise God. And looked up, there was a roof over my head. This all didn't happen because I'm all of that. Come on now. The Lord had been mighty, mighty good to me. I, I wish y'all would become a demonstrative. I heard Kenneth Copeland say that, and I'm going to stop. He said, the devil hates. I'm going to tell you exactly what he said. I am going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what he said. And he said it. He said he hates cultures of demonstrative praise. 
if you're a people that would just go all out for God, he hates you. Because every time you praise God, you shut down whatever he got going on. Amen. Whatever he got going on and whatever he's trying to show you, doom and gloom. Mama said this. She said, Keith, I was watching television, and out west a tornado blew through a whole neighborhood and blew every house down but one. And it was breaking news. It was the news that they was breaking news. And it was one woman's house that was still standing, and she was holding her baby. They asked her. They didn't have time to edit this because it was breaking news. Because they would have edited it. They would have edited if uh, <laughs> they would have they would have edited it if they knew what she was gonna say. She said, "I heard the wind coming, and I, and all I could do was grab my baby and just keep hollering Jesus." She said, "I kept hollering Jesus, and I kept saying Jesus. Come on now." She said, "I just kept hollering Jesus. Help me, Jesus, save my baby, Jesus." And she said, when I came out of my house, all the houses was down except for mine. I want to give him some praise up in here. Because whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord, she didn't even know she was, whosoever, just a woman holding a baby, whosoever called on the name of the Lord, have you ever called him before? I know it's true because I called him and he, he said, before you call, I'll be there. There's no name under heaven and earth whereby men must be saved except through the name of Jesus. And you ought to give him some praise. You can ride down the road and the devil say something going to happen. You ought to say, Jesus. Come on now, it don't take, it don't take a whole. How many names got a, how many names your mama got a call before you come? Fred, George, Larry, Pete. How many names your mama got a call just for you to come? My mama had two ways of calling me. If I was in trouble, it was Howard Keith. She called my first name first, so I knew when to answer and when not to. If it was safe, she just said Keith. But if she called my first name first, let's go find something to do out in the community. <laughs> no. Whosoever calleth, he didn't even have, he didn't even say you had to say what you wanted. God made it so good. He said, before you, the Father already know the things you have need of before you call him. You ought to just be riding down the street and the devil say something to you, Jesus. Show your bill, Jesus. Show your problem, Jesus. That's how much he loves us. We can just call his name. And everything that's in that name, 
Healing's in that name. Provision's in that name. Peace is in that name. Joy is in that name. He wanted to make salvation easy. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands to heaven?